You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in. It's the Huddle Up Podcast presented as always by Mile High Huddle. Powered by Blue Wire Pods, I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest. He's got the patience of Job tonight, all right? And he is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, when last we left our audience on Monday, we knew Jerry was hurt. We knew Jerry Judy was hurt, and we knew that something weird had happened with Graham Glasgow. But then we learned yesterday, kind of of a sudden, Ronald Darby's going on injured reserve. So, hey, next man up. That happens to be Pat Sertan the second. Yeah, first of all, Chad, I'm taking my own medicine tonight, and it does not taste good at all. So my apologies for whatever I've done in the past. Um, yeah, uh, it's kind of unfortunate that the Broncos are getting the pre-2020 version of Ronald Darby. That was the one apprehension I had about the signing at a $10 million a year price tag, Chad. Last year, for anyone who doesn't know, that was the only year since Darby's been in the NFL that he's played a full 16-game season. He's always been injury-plagued, injury-riddled. Now you're seeing why. It's a hamstring injury, too. So this has the possibility of lingering beyond the three weeks he'll be on injured reserve. It's a pretty unfortunate blow uh, for the Broncos secondary. They had this no-fly zone 2.0 lined up with Sertan, uh, Callahan, Fuller, and Ronald Darby. But next man up is Sertan, their first-round pick, and... Boy, aren't you happy George Payton uh, stood to his guns and took Sertan there? Aren't you happy he didn't trade a cornerback uh, before the season like everyone was clamoring for? Sometimes the best moves are the ones you don't make, and in George Payton's case, patience paid off there. This might be a situation, though, and this is my own personal opinion on it, where Sertan, I know he had a rough, kind of rough week one outing. This might be a case where if he quickly develops and gets his bearings, he might take uh, Darby's job and not look back. That might be starting cornerback Pat Sertan opposite Kyle Fuller, and Ronald Darby might become the most expensive backup cornerback in the NFL. That is so often how stars are born in the NFL, right? It's whether it's a first round pick or just a guy biding his time, waiting for his opportunity. The starter goes down, team has to turn to the next man, happens to be you. And so long as you are equal to your opportunity, that's where really cool things can happen. Now, time will tell whether Pat Sertan is exactly ready for this. I think he is. I think last week's kind of snafu where he didn't look so good, gave up a touchdown in coverage, kind of a little bit sloppy, only 17 snaps for what it's worth. I think that was more of a exception than the rule. And you know what? This is a guy, Zach, Zach, that uh, in Pat Sertan that, you know, he's no stranger to having the the light shine bright on him. He's no stranger to high expectations. He's no stranger to having to play and go against what is, you know, the greatest competition um, that he possibly could in the SEC. So I'm optimistic that Pat Sertan and the Broncos are going to be able to weather this storm, but I can't help but feel like, you know, I'm eating my heart out a little bit because like you, I was like, Hey, Ronald Darby. All right. Yeah. I got to do something. AJ Bouye gone you know, Bryce Callahan coming off an injury. You got to go pay someone because this was before Kyle Fuller became a free agent. Right. All right, you're going to pay Darby. Just make sure you're protected. They ended up guaranteeing $19.5 million of the mm-hmm. three-year $30 million deal. And look, dude, in uh, 
I'll tell you right here, as I did the report yesterday, uh, although he missed three games in only three games, I say only, but he missed three games, Zach, in his first two years um, from 20, uh, and then from 2017 to 2020, he missed 20 games due to injury. That's a lot of time spent in the tub, not helping the club. Exactly. The Broncos love signing injured players and then everyone's surprised when they get injured. This has been the Broncos MO for years now. And I understood the Darby signing when they made it, but I still hold firm to the fact they panicked and overpaid. They bid against themselves for Darby services. I don't think teams were beating down his door as a premier free agent. Uh, so it's unfortunate he went down, but at least, thank God, they still have Kyle Fuller, still have Callahan, they still have Pat Sertan, the first-round pick, and I'm with you. He's going to get better as he goes on. That was a flash in the pan last week, as far as I'm concerned, and it's also a learning opportunity. In the NFL, you're not going to grow unless you fail, and it's a lot different going up against college players, going up against preseason players, and then when the lights turn on in the regular season, facing NFL-caliber talent. It's going to be interesting, though, Chad. Everyone talks about the Jaguars, the next opponent on Sunday, being this easily cakewalk kind of game. And it very well may could be that kind of game for the Broncos. But the Jaguars' receivers are nothing to really play around with. They have Marvin Jones, uh, they have DJ Chark, and they have uh, LaVisca Chenault, everyone's local favorite. That's going to be an, another great barometer to see if Pat Sertan can rebound from what was an iffy roller coaster week one debut to see if he can stabilize the position going forward now with Darby out. By the way, I'm trying something. The way I had my mic staged before, I, I felt like I was coming out a little too tinny. So I'm trying something a little bit different. That's why you saw me kind of fiddling around. Real quick, Zach, we got to shout out Joshua Hickey for this early super chat. Who Damn is himself shame. shouting out a comedy legend yes Damn indeed shame. to the surprise of many the great comedian formerly of you know saturday night live fame norm mcdonald passed away and he was um quietly battling cancer nobody knew that he was battling cancer yeah. so this came as a shock and a surprise to a lot of people but as a child of the 90s where i came of age you know as a teen in the 90s man i got a lot of great fond memories of norm mcdonald and you know a lot of cool little bit parts in movies he never really took off as a movie star uh you know that career like a sandler did or a chris farley did or a david spade did from that same saturday night live class zach but hey man in happy Gil or not happy gilmore billy madison and you know deuce bigelow he's got some cool parts yeah you know people throw around the term legend a lot and it's used really loosely and liberally these days, but I think Norm MacDonald qualifies as a true authentic legend. I was just on Twitter yesterday going and seeing some of the clips people put up, and it's just so sarcastic but so funny at the same time. It's so witty, but it's so easy to digest, and it's a, it's a great loss for the comedy world, a great loss for all of us. 61 years old, battling cancer for years. Now, that's way too young to go. Uh, my thoughts, obviously, as are yours, are with his family and his friends. Yes, indeed. It's a bummer, man. And guys, we are so stoked to have you with us. Thanks for uh, your patience. <clears throat> and again, my fault for being tardy tonight. You, you know, we try to fire off the old go live button no later than quarter after, but today it was it was my fault doing some travels. And Zach, we got a lot more to get to. Um, Dylan, appreciate you holding it down, moderating for us over there on YouTube. Good to see Tommy. Good to see uh, James. Good to see Dominic. Good to see so many of you in the chat. We appreciate you guys. Um, real quick, before we get back to content, because there is a lot to talk about today, Vic Fangio at the podium, uh, Teddy Bridgewater at the podium. We do have a lot to get to, but first got to do a quick update 
all right, on where we're at in the Justin Simmons jersey giveaway. All right, the, the goal is to get to 250,000 stars on Facebook this month. When we reach that goal, I say when, not if, because I have faith in our community. As you can see here, we are at 35%. I feel confident we're going to hit. When we do, we're going to raffle off this Justin Simmons jersey, and the only people in the running on Facebook are the people who contributed uh, in stars, all right? And then here's the leaderboard for this month. Here's who's top in the running. The more someone has starred, the more tickets they're going to have in the hat. Mama Muti still at number one. Zeus McPeak at number two. Michael Ronquillo at three. Uh, Randy Jones at four. Josh Shadow, love you, buddy, at five. Travis Weber at six. Howie Frickin' Day at seven. Chris Hernandez, legendary, at eight. Claude Riley, nine. Gary Leeds Palmer at 10. And then you can kind of see who's just outside the the top 10. But, guys, we will uh, update this once or twice tonight's stream on the Stars. We'll keep an eye out for your comments, questions on the Stars front as we get through tonight's stream. But, guys, we also, all right, we're not uh, neglecting our um, – oh, how do, I, how do I close this? For some reason I can't – there it is. Bear with me one second, guys. Here it is. Um, we can't neglect our YouTube – Super Chat, Superstars, they are in the running on this as well, all right? The top five finishers on Super Chat in the month of September, Zach, get a Justin Simmons jer – or in the raffle for the Justin Simmons jersey, plus a little special thank you that's going to come from MHH. Michaela's at the top, as you can see, and look at the risers here with the green arrows, all right? In case you can't make that out, Mark Langley rising to number two, Zeus at number three, the Queen Christie at four, Brian Greenfield rising into the top five there, and then you can see here, here's the risers. Casey's at six, but Seth and Chris are rising. Brandon Hart and Josh Shadow rising. So appreciate you guys. Every super chat counts toward that goal, puts you in the running. Every star donation counts toward that goal as well. All right, Zach, um, really quick before uh, we get back into things. Um, the Denver Broncos, I don't know if you saw this, but by virtue of that week one win, they have suddenly – become a betters favorite amongst the pool of teams who missed the playoffs last year. The Broncos have now risen to the top as a betters favorite to make the playoffs. Now, do you think Zach, that this is people, including betters kind of jumping the gun a little bit, or <laughs> was that impressive enough to maybe justify? I don't know. I mean, I'm one of the few that doesn't really put all of my faith in Vegas and what odds makers have to say. I think that's something like, it's almost like an invented PFF stat because it calls for it after the, the week one games. You know, the teams on the rise, the teams that kind of disappointed, are they going to go to the playoffs, miss the playoffs? I mean, it, it's a popular thing to play. I think it plays well with uh, betters and the audience, but it doesn't amount to much because if the Broncos come out and crap the bed in Jacksonville, no one's going to care about week one anymore. It's all going to be about, you know, the Broncos going to miss the playoffs now. It's so fluid from week to week. Speaking of betters, guys – we got to say thank you to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, and that is BetQL. Right now, you got to go to the App Store if you're an Apple user or Google Play. Download the BetQL app because if you're in the running, if you're if you're a part of this national fad of sports gambling, you've got to use BetQL's tools. They have the best bets computer model, which scans over 350,000 different unique bets. Uh, per year to give you the best bet recommendation for every game across all major sports. And it gives you the logic and the strategy behind why you should place the bet so that you're never flying blind. As an example, BetQL's best bet algorithm last week, week one in the NFL, Zach, went 13-2 and 
on five-star bets for week one. I mean, that's phenomenal. So don't miss your chance to beat your sports book using all that BetQL offers, and it covers everything, Zach, from spreads, over-unders, and even player prop bets. Yeah, BetQL also provides the sharp data, Chad, so you can see who the pros are backing, as well as line movements so you can jump on betting opportunities in real time. BetQL offers team summaries highlighting previous success against the spread and the over-under, as well as breaking news when lineups change and injury statuses are updated. Plus, guys, you can save all of your picks in one place to track your success and winning streaks, as well as view your rank on their leaderboards. That's right, guys. So give yourself the betting edge on game day. Head to the App Store or Google Play right now. Download BetQL. If you're on a browser, you can head to try.betql.co slash MHH to get started now. But the easiest thing to do, download the app. And when you check out, use the code MHH and you'll save 25% off any BetQL subscription offerings. Yeah, last thing, Broncos country, be sure to check out BetQL's BetMGM offer in the description of this video in order to receive a free year of BetQL. Download the BetQL app and use the code MHH at checkout for 25% off and arm yourself with all the weapons you need to beat your bookie on game day. Okay, let me see where we're at here. I want to see, uh, get an update, get a temperature on the chat, see where everybody's at here. Um Appreciate Cor- uh, Corwin uh, Robinson, the stars, my friend. You the man. He says, does it seem kind of weird that we have three starters out for some time, maybe a training conditioning issue? Zach, I really don't want to open this can of worms, <laughs> but the way we titled this episode was, you know, hey, man, you know, this is uh, – the results were different. Last year it was guys going down a week one and then week two uh, with loss after loss. This time it was a resounding win. But it feels a little uncanny. You know, the hackles on, you know, the hair on the back of your neck rises a little bit when coming out of week one, Jerry Judy goes down, Ronald Darby goes down. Fingers crossed that Graham Glasgow is going to be good to go this week. He he watched on the sideline today. He's back in Denver. There's still a chance he could play this week. But what say you for Corwin? Well, also, we talk about lower body injuries for the last couple of years. I'm going to mention his name one time, Lauren Landau. It's been a trend ever since he took over as the SEC coach, SNC coach. So, you know, it's not really our conspiracy theories or us reading into it. It's just a fact of how many lower body injuries. You just name them. How about Bradley Chubb? The ankle. I mean, he injured it last year. He had he had surgery this year. It ag- acted up again this year. I mean, it's been a string of injuries, a lot of hamstring injuries, and those always suggest to me, and I'm not a strength and conditioning coach, overworking, overtraining, something wrong with the regimen. It's been a trend now for years. <laughs> I got to grab this really quick, really quick. Michael, thank you so much, brother. You the man. Appreciate the stars. Appreciate all the support. Much love to you, my friend. Um, also, Tommy... <clears throat> Simmer saying uh, he reached out on Twitter today. He's like, Chad, you should buy this because of my plight and never ending battle with the flies surrounding my guys. The reason there's a lot of flies, my office is now, well, I won't do all the explaining, but it's right next to a alfalfa pasture. Okay. Let me just put it that way. So if I leave the window or the door open, Zach, for any amount of time in the middle of the summer, flies are going to come flying in, had to do it for the AC to get fixed. But either way, Tommy sent me a – maybe I'll show it later, but Tommy sent me a tweet today that had one of those little bug guns that you can, like, shoot at it the It looked bugs. like a super soaker. It was right. dope. At first I thought it was like a Nerf myself. gun. I'm like, <laughs> dude, uh, I'm 42 years old. Miss me on the Nerf guns. And then I look closer, 
I'm like, hey, maybe I got to look into that. Although I don't know what would be harder, grabbing one out of the air with chopsticks like Mr. Miyagi and Daniel's son or sh actually hitting a fly with one of those guns. I think it would be cooler and more fun to use the gun, though, Chad. I mean, you can you can cock back and load up. That thing will look legit. I want one for myself. I might get one as well. Simon Weeb up in Canada. Love you, buddy. Proves Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. Simon says, rough, losing three starters in week one. I think losing Darby will hurt more than Judy. I hope Glasgow is okay and can bounce back. What are the key matchups for week two? All the love for the MHH family. Yeah, by the way, Zach, on that topic, it pet peeve of mine pronunciations. Like if I, if I, if there's a question about how to pronounce someone's name, I want to do whatever modest research I can to make sure I am saying someone's name correctly. When we had Graham on the show, we asked him, is it Glasgow or is it Glasgow? And he said, well, it's Glasgow, but I'm cool with either one. And uh, I noticed today, Vic Fangio, Glasgow, Glasgow. But either way, I think I think he'll end up playing this week, Zach. Barring any kind of setback with his with his ticker, I'm, I'm you know, prayers up that it was just some kind of a weird um, one time deal. But uh, to the notion that it's going to hurt losing Darby more than Judy, what say you? I don't agree with that. I, and I really I love you, Simon. I really appreciate all your interaction every single podcast. I just do not agree, especially with Teddy Bridgewater, at quarterback. Jerry Judy was establishing himself as the number one receiver in Denver, regardless of Cortland Sutton coming back, regardless of K.J. Hamler, Tim Patrick. He still finished the game, chat despite leaving in the third quarter as the leading receiver. So what does that tell you? The rapport was evident. The chemistry was evident. And I, I, Jerry Judy was a lot better at his job in his role than Darby was at his job in his role. Darby is utterly replaceable when your next man up is Patrick Sertan. You have Kyle Fuller. You still have Bryce Callahan. Michael Lowe's coming back in a few weeks. The same Bassey in a few weeks. They called up Hairston. I mean, Jerry Judy, though, was the number one guy. And I, I'm a huge fan of Tim Patrick and all, but you can't replace what he was doing with the offense. His route running, his footwork, his game-breaking ability, I think it's, it's a much, much bigger loss for a, a longer period of time, too. Paul Jackson jumping in. Thank you, my friend. He says, I'm just sending some love. Denver Broncos for life. Appreciate that. Uh, as far as matchups, and I, I concur with what you just said, Zach, as far as matchups go, all right, the Jacksonville Jaguars, unsurprisingly, have a dearth of talent, right? They're still they're in a rebuild mode, and they took a big step forward by landing uh, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall, and they got a really good running back, for his, his actual running back from Clemson, who then went down with an injury, so he's out this year. But there's not a lot of talent, in my opinion, on that side of the ball. Now, look, you've got DJ Chuck. He's, you know, he's a guy that – is probably your biggest threat. Um, but between him, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, the tight end, uh, Chris Mannert, I think this is, even with Ronald Darby being out, I mean, I'm looking at this offensive line from Cam Robinson at right, uh, pardon me, at left tackle to Jawan Taylor at right tackle. If the Denver Broncos get Bradley Chubb back this week, I think it's going to be hell on earth for Trevor Lawrence week two at home against the Broncos because of that pass rush, man. And then right. you've got a smothering blanketing secondary. It's like Fangio said today, like, you know, Hey, I'm not going to give away my, my game plan, but going against a rookie quarterback, sometimes you make it too easy on them. If you just constantly try to pressure them because it simplifies things and allows them to read the field quicker and get rid of the ball faster. So we're going to mix things up. Sometimes it's going to be pressure. Sometimes it's going to be coverage. I think Zach, you're going to see Fangio roll out more coverage than pressure 
because the Broncos can win rushing four. Legit. Exactly. They also have James Robinson as the running back, and I feel like he's going to get a lot of work out of the backfield because they're going to shut down the receivers. There is no reason why this shouldn't be a cakewalk game, especially on defense for the Broncos. You mentioned Vic Fangio. You hinted at the fact that he has historically been really successful against rookie quarterbacks. I look for that to continue against Trevor Lawrence, who threw three picks in week one against the Texans defense. Uh, they might move the, the, the chains a little bit. They might get some garbage time yards or maybe a touchdown, but this Broncos defense should roll them over. I would even venture to say if his ankle again is iffy, why not hold out Bradley Chubb for this game? Can you beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, the tanking Jaguars, with a coach, Chad, that won't meet with the media now, who you know yeah. is playing footsie with USC, even though he denies it? If you can't beat them without Bradley Chubb, you have a problem. So I would even consider resting him for this game, give Cooper Malik Reed the opportunity. Von Miller looked great in Week 1. You mentioned the defensive line. And on offense as well for Denver, Chad, if you thought the Jacksonville uh, offense was nondescript, their defense is downright barely there. If the Broncos' offense can't score 25 in this game, what shot do they have against a better team? I, I never use the word, you know, slam dunk, guaranteed victory, but this is as, as close as it's going to get for the Broncos this season. They have to make a statement and keep the good times rolling in Week 2. I'm seeing here also a few uh, familiar faces, including Adam Gotsis. I'm seeing. Uh, oh boy! I'm seeing Laurenti McRae. All right. Um, I'm seeing uh, Tavin Bryant. That was a draft crush, if I'm not mistaken. That was one of Nick Kendall's former draft crushes out of Florida back in the day. But yeah, I mean, C.J. Henderson is a legit corner, right? And you know, he's still young. <laughs> Who Miles they wanted to trade, by the way? He was on the trade block. It's like every good player Urban Meyer inherited. He doesn't want a player. He wants to get rid of. It's wild. Yeah, this is this could be uh, you know, it could be one of these, you know, feast or famine feast type of games for the Denver Broncos. But at the same time, Zach, you don't want to overlook an opponent. It is the NFL, yeah. any given Sunday. And look, I think uh, it was quite concerning to see uh, Urban Meyer choose not to meet with Denver media. I thought it was great what Mike Cliss said on on Twitter. If you guys missed it, I, I think I retweeted it, but he basically said it's, you know, this is a disgrace, toughen up urban. This is the league. This is the NFL. You know, this is just what you do. Um, Randy Foster, real quick, Zach, jumping in. Thank you, Randy. Good to see you, buddy. He says, I've missed watching this show. Finally got some free time. Anyway, go Broncos. Can't wait to meet y'all September 26th, which is also my 21st birthday. Let's freaking go. Dude, we're seriously looking forward to it. Can't wait. We're I mean, a week and a half away, it's going to be a guess. Yeah, I wanted to say about Urban as well, Chad. Did you see the Jacksonville PR uh, spokesperson, their, their ex excuse, their reasoning for Urban Meyer not meeting with the media? They feigned outrage. I mean, it was just, it, it's like, it's JV level. I mean, put your coach up there, have him take the tough questions. What are you scared of? He knew what he walked into. Very Bush League move, and I'm, I'm with Mike Kliss all the way there. Uh, Scott brings up a good point. Trevor Lawrence was only sacked once in 51 dropbacks. So maybe a little more gun shy after three picks this week. An interesting dynamic to watch in week two. Here's the information, guys. It's, sometimes that's helpful to see it you know, in writing. MHH meet and greet September 26th. That's the home opener against the New York Jets. You're going to see a big old blue MHH tent with the logo uh, in the parking lot tailgate and power field at mile high so we look forward to seeing you guys there and zach we know there are people coming from 
all over the fruited plain. We got superstars coming from Hawaii. We got people coming from across the pond, Canada. It's going to be a, a true Most gathering. Uh, yeah, dude. It's uh, We can't wait. So Antoine Curry jumping in. Good to see you, Antoine. Thank you for Welcome. being here. Connect on Twitter. Uh, appreciate you joining us and supporting the cause. He says, first time on. I'm a longtime Broncos fan. KJ Hamler needs to send Judy his game checks. He makes the catch for the touchdown, no injury. Did that come later on that same drive? It must have. that. I don't remember it that way, but I'll take your word for it, my friend. You know what I love what KJ Hamler said he did, though? He he made, I, I think it was Monday, he brought out someone on the equipment staff and made him throw a, a hundred lobs over his shoulder so he'll never drop one again. I love that. I mean, he, he's fessing up to making a mistake, and he's doing everything he can not to make it happen you know, again. I guarantee you, they will go to him on a deep ball, and I guarantee you the next one when he's that wide open, KJ Hamler will catch. Yeah, Fangio... Uh addressed it today we can get to that i'll find the quote here in just a minute but it's worth talking about what fangio had to say here's uh travis weber jumping in good to see you brother appreciate you he said hey chad got my little plaque today thank you guys so much you're the best yeah remember you've also got a hat coming your way all right so two different shipments that came first it sounds like but there's a hat coming for you and all the top five finishers on facebook uh from that last month giveaway so travis you're the man and you deserve it, Travis, as does everyone that's getting a little memento from us. You guys are the best. And those mementos, I mean, courtesy of Ronnie Chavez, man, really yeah. cool. He went to that uh, length to provide that because we, we're keeping a couple for our, our own little you know keepsakes. And then he wanted us to give them out to you guys. And they are high-quality, cool little just Bronco memorabilia. Uh, Eugene jumping in. What's up, Eugene? Good to see you, buddy. He says, I'm back, y'all, boys. Goat podcast Thank very you. kind brother i would love to see a collaboration with brandon perna cashed out on my broncos bets last weekend we about to double down eugene yeah well we can get brandon back on the show brandon's been on many many times a lot of people don't realize this but brandon perna was a founding a staffer at mhh when i started the website i started it with brandon perna he handled our videos for um, 14 through the 15 season, and then right after Super Bowl, about the time Super Bowl 50 was happening, his YouTube channel went from being really, really big and like, and already so much that I can't really do all that much more to like this is all I can do now. And so more more power to him. We love Brandon. We'll we'll talk to him and see if he's got time to come on the show in the near future. And Eugene BetQL code MHH 25% off at checkout. Keep that in mind. Boom. That's a professional right there, gang. On point. Isaiah, good to see you, brother. Thank you for the super. This is uh, two two days in like the last three, so it's great to have you back, bro. He says Fangio needs to confuse Trevor Lawrence in this game and generate a few takeaways. Our secondary is still going to be intact. Your thoughts? MHH fam beat the Jags. Yeah, that was the one thing is, what was it, Zach? One takeaway last week? Now, look, Teddy did a great job keeping that offense on the field, especially in the second half. So that's Definitely a big part of the equation on why the Broncos didn't have, you know, prolific takeaways in week one, even with a sieve like Daniel Jones, who loves giving up the ball. But this time around, as uh, we just mentioned, I mean, he was only sacked one time. He'll uh, what, what were what were Trevor Lawrence's turnovers? I think he had three quick. picks, three picks, because I wasn't sure if I read that right from uh, 
from from Scott. But yeah, this is an opportunity. And Vic Fangio, what is he? he's like? Uh, I think he's nineteen and nine or something like that against rookies. So he don't worry. He's gonna he's gonna throw. He's gonna basically force Trevor Lawrence to think when he goes back there. Because Zach, as I was reading, uh, as I continue to read. Uh, Elway, A Relentless Life by Jason Cole for Broncos Book Club. If you guys want in on that uh, premium podcast content, you want to join me in reading that and, and discussing, uh, discussing it each and every week, go become a supporter on Facebook of MHH and you'll be in like Flynn. But Zach, there's a part in the book where you finally get to Elway's front office uh, tenure, right? And the Tebow season. And when you get to the miraculous wild card win, right? Demarius Thomas catching the slant in overtime, taking it to the house to put the Steelers to bed. Uh, the one thing that is very well sussed out in that book is how defensive coordinator of the Steelers, Dick LeBeau, who was one of the most well-respected defensive minds of the last 50 years in the league, he made a gross miscalculation in that, hey, you know, we're just going to throw the kitchen sink, blitz, 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 Tim Tebow, and basically force him into a lot of bad decisions and smother him. Well, all that did, Zach, was simplify the reads for Tim because when you're bringing the house, more often than not, you're in man, makes it an easy read, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball. So if you're not able to get home early and often in those scenarios, it can end up backfiring and blowing up in your face. So I think Fangio is wise enough to recognize that, and I think you're going to see him play a lot more coverage and just weird different coverages thrown at him to make Trevor Lawrence read the field Give Vaughn, give Chubb, give Draymond Jones time to get to him. Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the one way to beat the blitz, if you keep blitzing a rookie quarterback or any quarterback is to get rid of the ball quickly, three-step drops, quick little passes over the middle. And that's what I think the Jaguars are going to utilize regardless of what the Broncos do on defense. They're going to get the ball in their playmaker's hands. And we've mentioned their playmakers. And if you allow Shark to get open in, in space, he's going to make you pay. If you allow LaVisca Chanel to get open in space, he's going to make you pay. They can't take these weapons for granted. But what they can do is confuse Trevor Lawrence and make him hold the ball that extra second and allow the beast to get there. And the one guy, this is not so much a hot take as it is my prediction for this game, I think Vaughn is going to have a good game, and I think Chubb would if he played. I think Draymond, because he was this close every single time I looked up, Chad, and watched him, he was in the backfield this close to getting a sack. And I think he's going to go off this week against a really weak interior Jaguars offensive line, a rookie quarterback that's prone to turnovers and happy feet and the first-year jitters uh, befitting any young quarterback. 
So I think they're going to get in the backfield pressure constantly. What happens from there, sack, interception, fumble, I don't really care, but they're going to make his life miserable, as they should. All right, here's one from Christian. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you. Hope you're doing well. He says, uh, will 14 go back to his wide receiver one self with 10 going down? So Sutton going to return to his wide receiver one self with Judy going down. My answer to you on that, Christian, is good things come to those who wait. When a player is coming off a season-ending serious injury, whether it's an Achilles-type deal or a knee, usually takes that first quarter of the season for them to fully get back into the groove taking hits, trusting their cuts, all that stuff, man. It's a, it's, you know, they're waging physical war uh, every day on the, on the, you know, every game day, but it's also a psychological war with themselves overcoming all that stuff. So I think as long as you, you know, just mitigate your expectations a little bit, give him some rope, give him the first three, four games of this season. Zach, it would not surprise me to see Cortland Sutton go off the chain because one last thing on this, and I want to serve it back to you. Teddy Bridgewater, remember uh, what was it? The was it the third preseason game? He made a point because this was Sutton's first real game action since he tore his ACL. He's like, I gotta get, I gotta get Cortland going, and going, he he got him going, and then some, right? Scored his touchdown. The rust kind of fell off in chunks. So with Judy going down, I think you're gonna see, I think you're gonna see Teddy look Sutton's way a lot. I think you're gonna see him look Fant's way a lot. Yep. Then Tim, then KJ. You know, but it's also going to be based on the reads. Let's be honest. Exactly. The opponent, the down, the distance, game flow, all that. They have the running backs as well, Alberto. I mean, the offense is loaded for Bear. It's unfortunate Jerry Judy isn't here. Um, you mentioned his injury. That's a factor in this. But also what Jerry Judy had was the entire offseason, the entire summer to build that chemistry with Teddy Bridgewater. And that's why he was solidified as the number one guy. So not only is he coming back physically, psychologically from the injury, he has to mentally and spiritually bind with his quarterback, and that takes some time as well. This was a new offense with a lot of the moving parts in their first game. As the season goes on, we'll see top 10 Cortland Sutton, you know, baby Megatron, make his appearance once more. That sounds like a name for a Christian rock band, Spiritual Binding or something, right? <laughs> like that. Howie freaking day, the reigning <laughs> champ of uh, the last Facebook giveaway on the Stars goal in the house, supporting the cause again. Working toward a Justin Simmons jersey. He's got a Vaughn jersey on the way. Now he wants that Simmons jersey. He says, I'd like to see more man coverage this week while bringing some heat. I'd like to make the rookie Q throw into tight windows while running for his life. I think you'll see a mixture, to be honest with you, Howie. But as I just detailed, you got to be careful what you ask for. Got to be careful what you wish for. Running uh, pressure and man coverage against a rookie quarterback or an inexperienced quarterback because oftentimes, depending on the player, I mean, even Tim Tebow, Let's be honest. Tim Tebow was not a considered to be, a, you know, a thinker, quarterback thinker. You know, big brain Tebow. He was a big strong man Tebow, right? Like, go head to head against Brian Urlacher in the Muss and pop right back up. That was Tim Tebow. And yet, hey, the Steelers thought let's just pressure and run man coverage, and all it did, Zach, was make it easy on him. Yeah, I mean, and also keep in mind the fact that Vic Fangio is not exactly Greg Williams. He doesn't lean on the blitz as his bread and butter. He likes to disguise. That's pretty much his trademark, more so than sending pressure, is disguising coverages and dropping back and confusing quarterbacks. And he has great success against rookie quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence is a touted as a great prospect. Chad, you know, the next 
Andrew Luck, the next whatever, whatever. But I think against the Fangio defense in game two of, of his rookie season, he's in for a long afternoon. That's how it should go anywhere. Uh, the other night, by the way, I'm going to forget this if I don't get it out now. Uh, we missed a super chat from Christian uh, down in Vegas, our resident lifeguard in enemy territory. So we got to make – I told him we'd make it up to him. He, he wants to know. This was his question on Monday, Zach. Is it looking more and more likely that Jeff Bezos – is going to be our new owner next year based on reports. Zach, everything I read on that was it's just rumor mill central, but what do yeah. you what, what have you heard on that front? Apparently he he wants to own a team and he has his eye uh, Bezos does on the Broncos. I hope he gets it only because I would get hopefully free Amazon Prime. Won't have to pay for that anymore. Uh also Jay-Z was in the running Chad, apparently according to the rumor mill, he's interested in maybe being the majority stockholder of the Denver Broncos. We don't know yet, and I think Cliss put it out there that this is going to go through the end of the year before any sort of resolution comes about. So it's going to be more of these names tied to Denver, but nothing substantial right now that we can report further on. One more from Christian, because as I said, we want to make it up to him. Is it possible that Jonathan Cooper, rookie seventh-round pick out of Ohio State, shined very brightly in the preseason, could replace Von Miller when he retires. Is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. Cooper looked really good in the preseason, but Zach, he got, I want to say 16 snaps yeah. off the top of my head in week one. As far as the stat sheet is concerned, nothing to really show for it. His grade, um, according to Eric Trickle was not so good, but looking at, you know, every single snap he was on the field. So he's a rookie still uh, in chrysalis, right? Like a you know, going from uh, being a caterpillar to a butterfly. He's in that <laughs> developmental process, all right? So give him time. Dude's got some upside, but don't get too far out over your skis. In Chrysalis, spiritual binding, are you going to find a more <laughs> verbose podcast on the Huddle Up podcast? He has a long way to go, Chad. And I, I was hoping that he would get extended playing time uh, with Bradley Chubb sitting out, but Malik Reed started opposite Von Miller in that game. So it's obvious the Broncos coaches still think Cooper – uh, is the OLB4 behind Malik Reed. He has a long way to go before we start talking about replacing Von Miller. He has to look as he did in the preseason, consistently going forward to enter that conversation. And what he learned from the preseason to the regular season, Chad, it's a pretty big jump. Okay, one quick update on stars for tonight. Michael Ronquillo at the top, 5,500 stars. Love that, dude. You're going to be climbing. Uh, Randy Ankar? Appreciate that, brother. That's the minimum to qualify for toward the goal to have a ticket in the raffle is 500 stars, and you got there. Gary Leeds Palmer, the legend. Thank you, brother. Colby C. Collier, also legendary. Thank you, brother. Corwin Robinson, we grabbed one of your questions. And then Steve Lazuski, steady, chipping away, contributing. All steady these stars. Steve. Steady Steve. They add up, guys. So thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll see tomorrow. I mean, we'll check uh, the stars one more time before we dip out of here tonight as a final update, but we'll see tomorrow night where that, how it moved the needle toward the goal. Appreciate you, Gary. All right. Let me see here uh, really quick. Albert makes a good point here on the touchdown. When I say PS2 relinquished a, a touchdown in coverage, he says, quote, that touchdown was not just PS2's fault. Wasn't uh, AJ off guard with that play uh, as well. Like there are usually every touchdown, you know, has a few people complicit on defense when it when it happens. And, you know, basically it was PS2 playing some trail technique and he, he slept on, I think, Sterling Shepard's juice, you know, his jets. 
and uh, just got behind. And then the guy made a few good moves, made a few guys not look so good in, uh, you know, in uh, as far as tackles are wow. concerned, and the rest is history. But yes, Zach, it wasn't just PS two. No, it's never. It's usually not just one player. I mean, just ask Chris Harris Jr. It was never his fault. Uh, there was a lot that went into it, and I noticed that they poorly used at times AJ or Josie Jewell in pass coverage when they have no business being out there. But I mean, look at the facts though. Ronald Darby got burned. Uh, Kyle Fuller got burned multiple times. Sterling Shepard is a good receiver t- as well. And PS2, he's going to have these rookie mistakes. He's going to have these falters. That's how he becomes better. He was never going to beat Champ Bailey 2.0 out of the box. And now we're realizing that. Seth Harmon, dude, thank you so much, my brother. Really appreciate that. Really appreciate that. I'm looking at the uh, Super Chat listing for the, the goal. He was already a riser, jumping up to number seven. That might be That might get him into the top five. But, Seth... You're the man, dude. Thank you so much. Very generous of you. Helps keep the lights on. No lie. He says, I hope the run game goes off this Sunday. Well, it kind of went off last week. I mean, Melvin Gordon was over a hundo. You had uh, Javante Williams around 40 yards, if I'm not mistaken, like 41, 42 yards. Plus, Teddy had a few carries for some plus yardage. Like That was a very productive day on the ground. And, of course, it was helped very much so by – Melvin Gordon breaking off that 70-yard touchdown. But that was against a a pretty stout Giants defense. The Jags are not that. Now, before you start sleeping, pardon me, on the Jags, again, you got to remember, you never know when that moment is going to come for a team that is being slept on where they're pissed off and they decide, you know what, we're planting our flag. Today's the day we're going to prove everybody wrong. And they come out, pop you in the mouth like, Think back to, uh, what was it, Zach, 2017, the last stand of Trevor Simeon. Broncos get out to a pretty solid-ish start under VJ. Then what was it, 0-5 Giants come rolling into town on a Sunday night. I mean, Broncos were favored by quite a lot. Even with Trevor Simeon, they embarrassed the Broncos on national television. So you never know when that moment's going to come for a team that's been discounted over and over. So I don't want you to sleep completely on these Jags. Weren't the Jaguars Paxton Lynch's first start? Uh, the Jaguars? Yeah. No, his first start, <clears throat> pardon me, he got some action in the Tampa game in uh, 2016, and then the next week uh, he started at the Chargers, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know why I thought it was Jaguars. Well, I was going to say regardless, he I don't did, think – He did start against the Jags later in that season. Oh, okay, I thought it, okay. it was a It was a tightly played game, down to the wire, low scoring. <clears throat> pardon me, and uh, Lynch got a win. Yeah, sounds like a Lynch-led Broncos game. I don't think that day, though, like you mentioned, Chad, that day is coming Sunday. There Again, there's no reason why if they went off, if they can pop off a 70-yard touchdown against a really, really underratedly solid Giants defensive front seven, there's no reason why they can't beat. Who do you even have? Adam Gotsis, Taven Bryan in the front seven, Chad? I mean, when C.J. Henderson is your best player and he plays cornerback and he's not even that great... They should be able to feast. I think this is the game where Javante pops off for maybe 100 yards. Melvin could go off for 100 yards as well. It might be an easy afternoon for Teddy Bridgewater in the passing game. Who needs Jerry Judy when your running backs are running for 200, 250 yards? Yeah, that was a uh, – <clears throat> pardon me. It turned out to be a 20-10 to 10 win, by the way, for uh, Paxton Lynch against the Jags that time. Uh, here's one from Savage Boy Kev <clears throat> Pardon me on uh, Twitch. Appreciate you, brother. He says, I know that the Judy injury was bad, but do you guys think that more chemistry can be gained with Bridgewater and Sutton? You know, there's always a every, every 
unfortunate situations that comes with a, at least one silver lining development, right? One little silver lining, sometimes more. Maybe that is going to give more room for Sutton to bond and and gel with Teddy, but I don't think that's really something you've you've got to worry about because Teddy really spread the ball around. You know, it's going to go to the guy who's open, to be honest with you. That's what game one taught us about Teddy, and I hope that was the beginning of what is a trend for Teddy. I think that's the nice logical answer, Chad, but if we can opine for a second, I think Cortland Sutton was more of a Drew Locke kind of guy. He just developed more chemistry off the bat with Drew Locke, and I feel like his arm locks uh, meshed with uh, Cortland Sutton's ball skills, his propensity to beat defensive backs down the field. Um, I think the next man up chemistry-wise, and it it pains me to say this, is not going to be Sutton so much as Tim Patrick. He's proven no matter what, you throw it up there, he will come down with it. He's literally a baby version, and I say that lovingly, of Cortland Sutton. And like you mentioned earlier, Noah Fant will be a big beneficiary. The Broncos are going to use their tight ends way more than we thought this year with Alberto, even Saubert, and of course Noah Fant getting in the mix. So it might not be a 1,200-yard year for Cortland Sutton. You might be um, seeing those targets funnel off to a combination of Tim Patrick and also KJ Hamler and also Noah Fant. Scott, clutch. It was the Falcons was Lynch's first start, for what it's worth. So Simeon goes down against the Bucks, just brutalized into the turf, comes in, plays well in relief of Simeon, and then goes on the road both games. First one was the Falcons, then it was the Chargers. So anyway. I guess I wiped it from my memory. I know. You like you, you end up purging that from your yeah, from your subconscious to protect yourself, right? Um Nessie in uh, in Mexico, very cool, my friend. Thank you for being with us. Appreciate you listening, viewing on Twitch. We're still trying to kind of figure out the Twitch thing, Zach. It's uh, we're not gamers, and so I don't know, man. I've even tried to have my sons like, hey, show me how this Twitch thing works. You know, like it's just not very intuitive. I don't think if yeah. you're not part of that gamer culture. Yeah, I'm getting to that age where it's get off my lawn. You know, it's uh, snap face and uh, Insta book and all that. So, yeah, we're uh, still learning on Twitch. We really sound old right now. I'm going to stop talking. I am old, dude. I'm freaking almost 42. All right. I'm old as hell. Uh, Howie says, uh, we really wish we would have kept Trinity Benson right about now. Yeah, it would be nice. It'd be nice. But at the same time, what was that, Zach? A fifth round pick you got out of. You gave up a sixth in Trinity, if I'm not mistaken, or was it a seventh? Either way, you parlayed that into a fifth-round pick for a guy that you signed off the street as a college free agent a year ago for a song. I mean, I get it. Revisionist history, you know, hindsight's 2020, But that was a good deal for the Denver Broncos when it was presented to uh, George Payton. I think they got a seventh in return for giving up a sixth and Benson as well. But we can't really judge that trade until we find out what the Broncos do with that pick or picks because then we can stack up the player versus Benson. And I said when they traded him, that's the type of player that can win you a ball game. That's the type of player where if he got open like KJ Handler did, he's not dropping the ball. That's a touchdown. Big fan of Benson's. I don't know what he's doing in Detroit. I know they have a dumpster fire with Jared Goff at quarterback there. I, I still would have preferred to keep the talent around, but I understand why they made that trade. Patrick McCracken, he of the alkaline water ilk. Appreciate you being with us, Pat. He says, Bridgewater looked great at Giant Stadium when I was there. 
but I'm still worried about him over the long haul not being able to hit the long ball. Dude, he hit the long ball in that game. Like, we listen, we questioned that not so much. I mean, we've questioned his arm strength. We never really questioned can you hit the long ball, but more about Teddy, what we wondered about was, hey, man, can you maintain an aggressive attitude consistently? And he showed that with gusto against the Giants, and, you know, he would have had a – 50 some odd yard touchdown pass to KJ Hamler. Yeah. If KJ catches that ball. So I, I understand people that might still have misgivings about Teddy and only time is going to tell, right? All will be known in due time, but that initial performance went a long way toward uh, assuaging many of my misgivings about Teddy. And, and so I'm, I'm on a much more optimistic posture now. If you, plopped me on earth and sat me down and I never saw anything before any football game before and I saw Teddy Bridgewater play in week one one thing that wouldn't go through my mind was wow this guy's lacking arm strength I actually thought the opposite of that again I point to a throw he had to KJ Hamler on the sideline uh, a defender draped around him and he hits a 20 yard outbreaking route I mean perfectly in stride it was a frozen rope I didn't think he was capable of that. You mentioned the one to Hamler, Chad. That was a, a throw that if you know Locke made, we would commend his arm talent for making that throw with. So I don't think Teddy Bridgewater has an arm talent deficiency. I think I'm right there with you. It's a mindset. They have to be aggressive, and it's also not just on him. I mean they as in Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater as well. If they keep that going, it's going to be a fun offense. Uh, here's one from Dave from Georgia. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. Longtime superstar. He says, howdy, Broncos country. Hashtag state of being. Hey, brother, it's great to see you. The chat jumped your super, so we're doing it the old-fashioned way, making sure we we get you your shout-out, though, my friends. We only wish that you could be there September 26th. Not too late to try and make that happen, although we understand it's not always in the cards. It's If you're coming from a place like Georgia to, to uh, the Rockies, it can be a little pricey getting out there. But, man, would it be cool to see you, Dave? Yes, it would. Very much so, but thank you anyway for your contribution, Dave. On the topic of Teddy's arm strength, here's Jess jumping in. Thank you, Jess, with a super. KJ, better catch the easy pop fly touchdowns. Can't have it. Agreed. I'll, I'll uh, segue here in a second to tell you what Vic said about that today. But if you listen to Broncos for Breakfast, which is every Tuesday and Thursday, eight, uh, pardon me, 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time, uh, one thing that I, if I've heard Scott say it once on the subject of Teddy Bridgewater, I've heard him say it many times and that is every quarterback in the league all right if you're on a regular season roster you can um throw the ball deep you know you can you can unload it um arm strength this is something scott talks a lot about too is is about fitting the ball into tight windows all right does teddy have the strongest arm in the league no he doesn't we know this all right and that will come out in the wash at differing point in the season fortunately we didn't really see it in any way, shape, or form in week one. You don't have to worry so much about Teddy being able to throw the deep ball. Again, it's just maintaining that opportunistic, I think is the best term I'm looking for, man. When you got a chance to exploit with a my ball guy like Cortland Sutton, I mean, even Timmy P, like he's not quite as jaw-dropping as a vertical pass catcher, right? And when I say vertical, I mean like the guy jumping up in the air to catch the ball. But the, if you throw it in his vicinity, whether it's a slant, a curl, a drag, an out, whatever, dude will catch it four for four last week. Four targets, four catches, didn't drop a pass last year. So, Teddy's, dude, Teddy's going to be just fine because 
that array of talent around him, Zach. I mean, this is hyperbole, but you could put old Jensen in there, all right, at quarterback. We'll, we'll do some damage with those guys. I'm just going to be like, here's the ball, Cortland. Here's the ball, KJ. All right, that's simplifying it, but really, it's it's a stacked offense. Chad, you can put baby Jensen in there and have success. <laughs> I mean, they have so many weapons. That's why if they don't hang 25 minimum on Jacksonville this Sunday, they have a problem. And in terms of K.J. Hamler, I, I think, again, the next one they throw to him because rest assured that will happen again. Please, I pray to God, Pat Shermer keeps up the play action, the bootlegs. That serves Bridgewater so well. K.J. will come down with that. I, I, I said earlier that he's practiced 100 straight over-the-shoulder catches this week in preparation and uh, to rectify that big drop. The next one will not be a drop, I promise you. Stu Meat jumping in. How's it? It's good. Can't complain, bro. Appreciate it's you good. being with us. Thank you for the super. I'm just doing a quick scan on the back end to see if we uh, have missed anybody. So far, we're, we're, uh, we're doing good on that front. Um, uh, what about Mark from, Mark from Georgia? Let's see if we can grab Mark from Georgia. Uh, well, I'm just going to do it the old-fashioned way. He's saying, go Broncos. I know a Mark in Georgia. Could it be Mark Langley? And yes, Mark, don't worry, dude. We played uh, we played some phone tag today. I'm gonna call you back. He called me. I was right in the middle of the very reason why I was late today, and uh, I told him I call him right back. There he is. Go Broncos, indeed. Hmm. That's got to be Mark Langley. I, I right? don't know though. Where's the hashtags? Yeah, that's true. Usually he's got a signature. Syntax, right? Show yourself, Mark. But anyway, Mark from Georgia. Yeah. Appreciate, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Zach, we're at 52 minutes. So before I forget, I want to grab this quote, uh, this remark here from uh, Fangio on Hamler. Let me see here about the drop. He talks about him a couple times. Bear with me one second here. Okay, on whether he's encouraged – uh, by Hamler after he dropped that pass in week one. Quote, everybody else was doing it and encouraging him. He knows. He's disappointed that he dropped it. He just has to have the mindset that I can't wait for the next one and go catch that one. All the great ones have had their drop passes. It's how you react to them, which is 100% true. In the NFL, it's, you know, you hear quarterbacks, you hear this talked about a lot relative to quarterbacks, got to have a short memory. That applies to every position. Every position. You can't dwell on – I mean, everyone's going to get beat at some point in a game. I mean, quarterback's sometimes going to get beat. Sometimes a quarterback's going to beat himself. Everyone's going to be on the losing end of a play, sometimes by their own you know, fault, sometimes by the guy they're going against just simply making a better play. And in the case of KJ, he came through on third down later in that game showing that he has the propensity to bounce back. And I have it on good authority that this dude has been – just going crazy this week. Lots of reps with over-the-shoulder type of deep passes to just get those reps in, uh, to do what he can to make sure it doesn't happen again. What's the old Madden expression? 60% of the game is half metal, or is it 80%? I mean, it's really true, though. It's funny, but it's true. The mental aspect is so important. That's why the mentally tough players are the ones that have the most success in the NFL. They don't have to be the most gifted physically, but if they're mentally tough, they will always bounce back. So that's a quality that I will never underrate at all. 
Andrew Baker says, best game, though, is week three with the huddle meet and greet trying to come down from Nebraska just for that. No tickets for the game, but planning a Denver vacation and meet y'all. Hey, it's all good. Do it. There's a, Do there's, it. you know, if, if there's a few people that travel from out of town and, uh, you know, aren't able to get tickets to the game or can't afford tickets for the game or whatever, hey, man, maybe I'll join you outside the stadium somewhere. We'll go to one of the local bars. There's Brooklyn's down there. There's a few different cool places that are right within spitting distance of the stadium. Uh, so, yeah, if you can make it, dude, we'll, we'll make it worth your while. Trust. Carlos, Carlos Brown. That's a newer name, Zach, if I'm not mistaken. Welcome, Carlos. Welcome, indeed. Thank you for that support. We'll keep an eye out to see if you have a specific comment or question before we dip on out of here. Makes and me Travis, think of Hangover, the baby. Yes, I thought it looked like a Carlos, too. Yes. <laughs> Dude, that movie was so it's such great. Perfect, was, uh, perfect casting. Just like Horrible Bosses, like literally perfect casting. Before that movie came out, um, I remember I'd gone to see something else, and I'm walking through the theater, and I see this poster, The Hangover, and I see the dude from The Office, you know, and I see, uh, uh, what is his name in it? Phil, I forget the actor, Bradley Cooper. Cooper, right? Up to that point, I'd seen him in Wedding Crashers as Sack, right? And I'd seen him <laughs> in like a couple rom-coms as like a side role. And I was like, okay. And then the bearded dude, I didn't know who the bearded dude was, right? Zach Galifianakis. We learned that later. However, you say Galifianakis, Galifianakis, I don't know. But anyway, when I went and sat down and watched that movie, dude, I was like a hyena embarrassing my wife laughing my absolute ass off and it became the highest grossing r-rated movie of all time held that down for nearly a decade till deadpool i the second one is great too the third one is terrible in my opinion they they overdid it with that yeah. but the first two are classics love those movies. i can always rewatch those uh travis don't worry about the stars bro we're just glad to have you with us all right that's no lie colby appreciate you bro he says i wouldn't mind jeff bezos being our owner He's not going to run out of money. That's true. If he wants a new stadium or something, he could just buy it himself. Yeah, this dude's got more money than than God, right? I mean, this dude has so much money, he doesn't – he's, like, untaxable. This dude doesn't even pay corporate tax or whatever. I mean, I don't know the whole story behind that. But, yeah, this dude – look, he's a successful man. If he takes over the Broncos, if he were to, you know, he's, odds are uh, – what, what's that line I've heard, uh, success leaves clues? You know, and he's probably uh, if he were an inspector on the uh, trail of such things, he's probably had enough clues to figure out how to duplicate his success at Amazon with the Denver Broncos. I don't know. It doesn't always translate. You know, I, what I do know is he makes one hundred and seventy thousand dollars per minute, I believe, which is just insanity. I, I just I wouldn't want the SEC beating down the door in Dove Valley to investigate the Broncos owner. I don't know that it'd be a great fit for the culture and for the team. Um, Josie Jules Zebulon, he did look good. He looked really good. Um, I'm excited about Josie. I think Josie and AJ have been slept on quite a lot because of this overarching trope that they can't cover. And even though that's not their strong suit, they can hold their own, especially in a Fangio type scheme. Like, I think they're both going to have big years now. Last, uh, the first game, the stats were skiwampus because the Giants hardly had the freaking ball, dude. So they didn't stack up a bunch of tackles, but their their day in the sun is going to come. And no, no, Aaron, Broncos are not going to get moved out of Colorado, dude. Never. Ever. That ain't happening. Uh, Seth, again, thank you, bro. Do you think the Raiders game was more of a good uh, game on the Raiders or a bad game by Great the questions. 
What say you, Zach? Because I only caught the highlights on that one. Great, great question. I was literally at the gym watching that on my phone, just like I was glued. It was a crazy good game to end week one. Um, I give a lot of credit, Chad, and I was going to tweet this, but I know Broncos fans don't like to hear it on Twitter. Derek Carr is criminally underrated. I mean, the guy just makes big-time throws, and he's never regarded in that same upper echelon category. Not saying he's top five, but he impressed me with literally a crapshoot of an offensive line, a mishmash of undrafted players, rookie players, just unknown kind of guys. It also was a letdown game in week one for Baltimore. That defense is not very imposing. Uh, Lamar Jackson is still prone to turnovers. I tweeted this, and I hold firm to it. There's a non-zero chance the Broncos can be 4-0 to start the season. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think it was more of an aberration on on the part of the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I think they're going to bounce back. And I, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I just don't trust Chucky. I just don't trust that he's finally got things figured out. And I'm with you. How many times have I sat up here on this microphone on the Huddle Up podcast and said, you know, Derek Carr doesn't get enough credit. You know, he's never going to be that guy that's uh, Star Wars numbering. Uh, you're, you know, blowing your socks off. But the dude is efficient, moves the chains. Hey, it was good to see him play well in the clutch because if I've had any beef with Derek Carr over the years, it's that he's never been that great. You can't, you can't always count on him in the clutch. So, hey, if he's somehow found a new gear, Zach, that could be bad news for the Broncos. But I don't trust that that was a uh, – I don't think that's the beginning of some new era of victory for Chucky and, and the Raiders. I don't either, but what it showed is that the Raiders aren't going to be rollovers for the Broncos. I mean, they did sweep them last year, and that offense at least will keep uh, Las Vegas in games. They wanted to give that game away literally to the Ravens. They threw what would be a game-winning touchdown – uh, pass a, a a pick in the end zone, but how I know Baltimore are frauds, Chad. This year is that they could not capitalize. The Raiders said, "Here, here's the game," and the Ravens did nothing with it. And you know what? Even on defense for the Raiders, Max Crosby looks like a problem. It might be a team that could be a thorn in a lot of team side this year, the Broncos included. Guys, before we get out of here, a couple quick matters of business, and then we do have to get. Uh, you gotta, we gotta thank. BetQL. We've heard, I've seen a few different comments, a super chat or two about betting. Guys, if you are not utilizing code MHH to get 25% off BetQL's uh, tools and statistics and whatnot to help you make the right decisions in your bets, you are missing out. Download the BetQL app on whether Apple Store or Google Play Store, or whatever, and use that MHH code at checkout and beat your bookie, beat your sports book this week. And then don't forget, the special bet MGM offer in the description of this video to receive a free year of BetQL and other sportsbook sign-up offers and bonuses. And then, Zach, here's the last update for the night on Stars. Michael Ronquillo finishes atop the hill with Gary Leeds Palmer right behind him, Randy, Corwin Robinson, Colby, and then let me do a little scoot over here, Andrew Baker, uh, Brett Peterson, thank you for those stars, my friend, and Steve Lazuski, Guys, Love you. Appreciate you. We will give you an official update on where we're at on the giveaway when we return tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailbag. But, Zach, with that, we were late. It was my fault. We're on borrowed time now. We got to dip out. So thanks to everybody for being with us. And tomorrow night, we'll spend a lot more time talking about the Jags. Yes, sir. And, uh, guys, get your questions in now. Tomorrow is the Mile High Mailbag, so hit us up on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Huddle Up Pod, at Huddle Up Pod. Also, for your one-stop shop, 
all Broncos news, analysis, rumors, transactions, film breakdowns, and so much more at Mile High Huddle. You can get at Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can get on myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a football pre-shirt with our beautiful, wonderful mugs on there. You can get yourself a hat, gator, hoodie, anything and anything you can think of is in that store. Also, Facebook.com. Yes, Chad. Before I forget, don't forget, you guys, make sure you're there in the morning for Broncos for Breakfast at 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Nick and Scott. Good shout. Facebook.com slash Huddle, big blue button. Hit that button, become a supporter today. VIP content, Kelberman's Corner, Trickle Zone, uh, and Broncos Book Club. Great content, more on the way. We appreciate your patronage. Also, Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. And also, guys, if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. Chad's pumped up about it, as he should be. And if you can't do any of those things, we ask you to do these three things that take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share. This video and every video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. And Aaron, we appreciate you. Dollar ninety nine super. Aaron goes. Thanks for the reassurance, guys. DB four L. Thank you, Aaron. Hope to see you tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailbag. Uh, Broncos for breakfast in the morning. Take care, guys. Until we see you guys next time. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.